Welcome to another episode of I Was About to Say. This is Adrienne Barr. Thank you for joining. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about a topic that isn't always the most pleasant to discuss, but it is part of our circle of life and something that we all experience at one time or another um, to varying degrees of pain and discomfort and uh, grief and loss. So the way I'm going to start the conversation, however, is through pomegranates. So growing up as a kid, my great uncle had a pomegranate bush and us kids, we would fight for those palms, which were only about five or six a year. That's all it yielded. But they were the most delicious, tasty little treats that I thought existed on the face of the earth. And so why am I talking about pomegranates and grief and lost? Well, that gets me to something else that I enjoyed when I was younger and I still enjoy today. And that is reading Greco-Roman mythology. Greco-Roman mythology has a lot of synergy with Western religion. And um, I didn't realize that, of course, when I was a kid, I just loved the romanticism of the stories. But one of my favorite ones is the story of Persephone. So if any of my listeners is familiar with Persephone, then you're aware she was the goddess who was abducted by the god of the underworld, Hades. And this was unbeknownst to her mother, the goddess of grain, Demeter. And Persephone's abduction or seduction, depending on which version of the story you read, is supposedly um, because of our seasons. Her mother was in such deep grief and loss when she was taken from her unexpectedly, regardless of how it happened, that she ended up causing the earth to go barren for a period of months and because the end the end compromise was that Persephone would stay with Hades for a certain period of time during every year going forward we have the spring when she's with her mom and we have the fall and winter when she's with him so I mentioned that story again because it's one of my favorites but also because of the impact of grief and loss This time of year for me is particularly difficult because it's that time of year when several people um, very close and very um, foundational to my life have passed away. And I imagine there are a lot of people who are going through different um, stages of grief, different stages of loss that are probably even more impactful than mine um, through grace, at least Mine have been several years ago, and I was able to be at the hospital with them, at their bedside, um, and even for one of my favorite cousins um, who decided to plan his death at home um, with the hospital's care and hospice care um, at his bedside. 
That's very different from what a lot of people are experiencing now with COVID-19. And we are a country, we are a global humanity culture that likes to believe and we all want to focus on our inner humanity and understand the importance of saying goodbye and the, the importance of having all things said as much as possible. Sometimes we experience losses, especially in death, where they're sudden, they're unexpected, and you just have no way of having those last discussions. But other times there are those opportunities, and I think that there are any ways that we can use technology or we can actually allow people to be in person. We should take advantage of those opportunities and make it happen because the lasting impact that that separation and that loss has on people's lives, just speaking from personal experience, can never be substituted. Therapy helps, but therapy never negates the loss completely. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. How do we get through that? Um, again, with therapy, and sometimes some people are going to have to be have to deal with the losses without therapy for a number of reasons. Now, if you're a therapist, um, and by no means is this episode meant to substitute therapy, it is not um, professional therapy by any stretch of the imagination. But there are many grief models um, out there. Most of them circle or revolve around certain core stages of grief. And when you hear those stages, I think if you've ever lost someone or something that was near and dear to you, because for some of us, our pets are our family um, as well. So if you've lost a loved one, I will say, then you've probably gone through the stages of grief. And those stages range from denial to anger to bargaining to depression to eventually, hopefully, acceptance of the loss so that we can move on with our lives and try to be productive and be appreciative of the, th the time that we had our loved ones on earth with us um, and be thankful that they're no longer in pain or they're no longer going through anything that led to their ultimate passing. I learned that lesson from a beautiful, wonderful best friend of mine who passed away from cancer two years ago unexpectedly. He was diagnosed in August and by that December he was gone. But one of the one of the many life lessons he taught me was on loss and on grief. And that was with my first great loss of my grandmother. And he taught me to stay away from the cemetery. Um, I really thought there was that point that, you know, I need to be there. I need to pay homage, you know, every week, every, every other day, quite frankly, at one point. But he said, no, her spirit, her essence is with you everywhere you go, whether you're moving, whether you're traveling, whether you're in the same town or not your loved ones are going to be with you. That is the way the world that I believe is designed and the world he believed 
is designed and I've come to embrace that train of thought as well. Are they with us physically? Of course not. Are we talking about a break in reality or a ghost or anything like that? Of course, we're not talking about that either. We're talking about a an appreciation for the life that they had when they were here and the influence that they left on our lives through their presence. And so one of the things that I personally have done, and I'm glad that I did it um, with my Tweety Bird who passed away three years ago, um, as well as with my grandmother and others in my life um, who have passed away, I recorded them sharing different grand stories about their childhood, about different aspects of growing up, of their life. Just let them speak freely and videotaped and we'd laugh and talk about their experiences. Not only did I learn and grow, but now on these anniversaries and even many times in between, I have a part of them that will be with me for as long as I live that reminds me of the good times, that reminds me of the healthy times, that also keeps me from forgetting who I am, what my rich cultural background consists of, and the metal that I'm made of. Because sometimes in these current moments, I need that. And I have to listen to them literally in their own words and their own voices, keeping me strong. I hope that other people will consider doing the same. It really does help. And I, I have to tell you that when they were making those recordings for me, they were so happy and so animated and to share their stories um, and to share what their lives were like in the early 1900s. I'm talking the teens, I'm talking the 20s and 30s, things that we now take for granted um, that they absolutely fought and with blood, sweat and tears for in order for us to enjoy the comforts today. So yesterday I took the opportunity to vote um, because I took the day off in observance. But I went ahead and voted and it was the first time I ever cried at the voting booth. I just kind of felt the tears streaming down my face because of all of the efforts, voter suppression, particularly where I'm living right now, um, but even across the country, you just really see it coming out. And I cried because I felt those senior women and men who poured so much life and so much determination into me and so much hope into me at that ballot box and come hella high water because I had not received my mail-in ballot. I was going to put my mask on, put my goggles on, put on everything, my gloves and everything else to get there for those few moments required. And luckily where I live, I was able to even have the option of voting in my car, but do all of the things that were necessary to cast my vote and make sure that not only my voice is heard, but the voice of people who cared about me and the voice of people who fought for me to be here while other people actively fight for me not to be here every single day. 
and I see it and I feel it and I fight back. So as you go through the experiences in your life and you go through grief and loss, remember that you had people who loved you, people who poured into you and poured their entire lives into you. Be thankful for it, never take it for granted. But I realize there are also people, with that said, who have lost children, people who have lost babies, people whose loved ones never had those full opportunities. And I'm sympathetic and empathetic to their losses as well. And I hope that as you find ways to pull on, to draw on the strength of the positive memories and the positive associations that you have with them, that you're able to do so um, until you can get to formal grief therapy and formal support if you feel that that's necessary. Now, some of us have strong support systems with our friends and our family, and I think that is fantastic. But I'll circle back to getting into the holidays. The holidays are a time of joy and laughter, and some people, sometimes it can be hard to put on a mask. And you know what? You shouldn't have to put on a mask. The people who love you and who are really close to you should understand, particularly for people who have lost loved ones through COVID-19 this year, that this may not be the year that you're going to be the life of the party, nor should you be expected to be the life of the party. Being empathetic, genuinely empathetic, and loving and caring for people is understanding when they need you to love them and care for them and support them and not force them to put on a mask that is not authentic to the moment they're experiencing. If you find yourself with people whom you are having to force that dichotomy of a public face of joy and laughter and a private place of immense pain, you may want to step it take a step back and spend some time introspectively in healthy ways, ways that are not self-harming and ways that are not self-destructive, but ways that help you to meditate or to find some sense of peace um, within yourself. I personally turn to my reading, I turn to my faith and my religion, but not everyone is a person of religion and that's okay people have different forms of spirituality and that is just fine whatever works for you as the song goes whatever gets you through the night in a positive constructive way do you so that's really what i wanted to share i'll leave you with this little piece of something i used to do with my tootie bird that I was able to do um, yesterday and it just brought me so much joy. She and I used to go riding and that's something in the South where um, we usually will take our elderly out in the car and we just drive in one direction with no particular place to go for an afternoon and you may go for like two or three hours and stop at restaurants, stop at plant nurseries or go visit their friends. I highly encourage everyone, if you're blessed to have seniors in your life, someone 75, 80 years old, 
spend some time with them, get them in the car, and just take them riding. If you are fortunate to have an automobile and to not be strapped that you need to worry about gas money, and I understand that, but if, if you're, you're blessed, take those opportunities to help them and hear their stories because you'll grow. You will become a richer, better person through the process. Trust me. So that's what I have to say. Hope you enjoy it.